Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jeff Seckendorf, CEO of UTD Scuba Diving, here with Mr. Denmark, our training director, Ben Boss. Hey, Ben. Hey, nice to be back. Yeah. I mean, we did a couple of these from Dima, and that was fun. I feel like I've been, been eating hotel food for the last month. <laughs> Likely, right? You did a tech course in Florida. We did Dima. You did a tech course in Florida. Yeah, it was Norway for me before Dima. I've done back home. Had a, a I've had faster transfers in airports than the time I spent back home between Norway and coming <laughs> flying out to, to Orlando. And then after Orlando, south of Florida, Jesus, it was a bit of traveling, but hey, it's all good. We had a good DEMA. DEMA was fun. Mm. Met a lot of people, talked to a lot of people. Looks like we'll be signing up some new instructors, so that's all good news. Yeah. And uh, what else? I did a race. I won another world championship. Yeah, good on you, man. Set a course record at the world world six-hour time trial championship, so that was pretty cool. That's amazing. So just keep doing scuba, riding my bike, doing scuba, riding exactly. my bike. Exactly. Just, Very nice. You know, it's a good life. It's not bad, eh? So, all right. No, it's not bad <laughs> at all. So we're back with the most obscure questions in scuba diving. It's less like our, my favorite thing to do. I don't know about you, but I love doing these. Oh, yeah. It's just... Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we get to pontificate, basically. Exactly. So, And I'm still editing the most obscure scuba items video we shot at DEMA. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a hard edit because we had to record the audio on a separate uh, device than the video audio. So it's a bit of a, uh, uh, yeah, tough job editing it all, but uh, I'm getting through it and it'll be a fun one because there'll be some, well, obscure scuba items. Let me put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You sent me the audio on that and I tried to make it into a podcast and it just doesn't make any sense no, no like you don't get because, the impact of like the folding fins when you're trying to describe them as opposed to the the craziness of somebody actually folding the fins yeah it's just does it's just like, like it's it, not the same no it's not the it same and, and in all fairness I, I kept like forgetting it was also recording for a potential podcast so it's like keep reminding me okay make this audible visible like describe it in a way that's 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 able for for the listeners to get a picture out of it. but then i forgot again got into the whole thing that we're shooting video so yeah i can understand <laughs> it was a, a bit of a mess it's going to be a hilarious video so this happens every year at dima every year at dima we walk around and we see this new stuff where somebody's trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist yeah or has a spare air one of the two things because those <laughs> i don't know why those guys are still in existence but um, you know, they're still marketing their thing as, you know, the way to save your life if you run out of gas. We market don't run out of gas and teach you how not to do it. But that's a whole nother podcast. But then there's all this other stuff that's always floating around. And I remember walking around there with Kim one year and we were just flabbergasted by the crazy stuff we saw. It was like, you know, these like tank bangers with, you know, different sounds for different people and yeah. Oh my God. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to your video because I wasn't with you guys. You went with Jay Gardner, a new instructor out of Texas, was there, and and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the video too because I think that that's one of the funnest things about Dima is seeing all the the batshit crazy stuff. Yeah, and and in all fairness, you know, we we tried to like keep it light and we we tried to like find out some really funny stuff that that wasn't necessarily something we could make fun of, but just really obscure and, and an interesting way of, of looking at it. One of, one of which was a scuba magician. And I mean, Jesus. 
have you ever thought about becoming a scuba magician? Anyway, <laughs> watch the video when it comes out and, and you'll see what that's all about. It is a specialty, it's, it's right? It's a specialty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can get your yep. your fill-in-the-blank <laughs> training agency official, you know, specialty here. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny because the guys that were on the tech class and Jay, the guy who helped me video uh, on the dive show, was with me on the tech class. He was one of the students. And sometimes to test the team, I... Uh, I'd like to steal a deco cylinder from them uh, and hardly ever, no one ever notices. I actually can steal a cylinder from the diver in mid swim <laughs> and, and only by the time they get to the gas switch, they go like pat themselves on the left side. It's like, Hey, where the hell did my cylinder go? <laughs> and, and that's when I took out the wet note and showed it to Jay. Look, I'm a magician too. I can make stuff disappear. You know? <laughs> yeah, boy, I tell you, the first time there. somebody stole a deco cylinder from me underwater and I didn't know it, that changed my whole perspective on equipment awareness for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing experience if you haven't had it happen. It's like, because you don't know. You're just swimming along, fat, dumb, and happy. Ready to gas switch. Yep, exactly. All right, so let's get back I mean, to the... I mean, yeah, go ahead. There's a point to it, right? But it was funny the way, the way we did it, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the business at hand. Most obscure questions in scuba diving, the BCD slash wing episode. Yeah. So this came up the other day. I, I'm For the first time in like 10 years, I'm putting a back mount system together for me. I bought a back plate. You know, I have all the stuff and hoses, but I needed a wing. So we've been buying a lot of gear from Hog Edge Diving, mm. and um, and I like them. They're good guys. The quality's good. They don't support us. They're not sponsoring us. But um, so you know, that I don't have any reason to say anything good or bad about them. But we've been using them for a long time, and I think they do a decent product. So they have this. They have these really nice little donut wings that are small. Um, one's 20, 23 pounds, which is about seven or eight, seven kilograms. And then the other is 32, which is about 10 kilograms. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, 15 kilograms. So, but they're all bungeed wings, right? They all have bungees on them. Yeah. And so I've been having my coaching clients and my students buy these wings and just not use the bungees and they work perfectly well. So I needed a wing. So I went in the catalog and I ordered the 23 pound wing for me, because that's certainly all I need. And, you know, for single tank. And I got a note back from our friend Bob at Hog and says, hey, why don't you just use the 32 with the bungees? It's about the same size and it gives you all that extra lift and works better with steel hundreds and this, that, the other thing. And then I sent him a very nice note back that said, you know, we don't advocate bungees and the 23 is fine for me and blah, blah, blah. So that got me thinking about this whole podcast and all of the misconceptions on wings and Let's start. So why no bungees on the wing? Why no bungees? Well, why did I want a 23 pound non-bungeed wing instead of a 32 pound bungeed wing, which is going to be the same size on my back? Well, that's the point, right? I mean, I guess the reason for the bungees to be invented in the first place was to give the divers a big lift volume without the wing being huge on their backs when they're not 
using the lift capacity. So it keeps it uh, compact in, within you. Yeah. So this is going to go to our next question, which we'll tease, which is why no gigantic wings? Exactly. It ties, ties into it, right? It's the same same thing. So if you've got a gigantic wing with bungees, and the only reason the bungees are on there is to make it smaller and not use that available space anyway, then why do you need the bungees? Well, exactly. You know what just popped into my head? Maybe we should like introduce this whole podcast with the four reasons we use a BC in the first place, like a quick intro. I just assumed everybody knew that by now, right? <laughs> you, <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So what is, then we'll come back to my bungee rant because I haven't even gotten going. Uh, on you, you, you can so, up there. Yeah. All right. So, so the wing is designed to do four things, right? And we're going to blow through this because if you don't understand it, then just call us up and we'll sell you the online content and you can learn about it or exactly. take a UTD <laughs> class. But basically it, <laughs> it has to float you at the surface, float the gear at the surface if you take it off, carry the weight of the gas during the dive and compensate for the compression of a wetsuit as you descend and the wetsuit compresses. That's it. So it basically compensates for all of the heavy stuff you bring under the water and the stuff that compresses underwater. That's it. So it's a compensating device, people. Buoyancy compensator. This goes back to the huge, I'm closing my eyes and rubbing my forehead right now. Because <laughs> this is like, it's just so simple. It, it goes back to the idea that with no gas in your tank, you are perfectly neutral at your last stop, 20 feet, six meters. Yeah. Or period. 10 feet, three meters. Yeah or 10 feet, three meters, whatever it ha whatever your last stop is going to be. You're perfectly neutral with no gas in your tank and no gas in your wing and your wetsuit if you have one fully expanded or your dry suit perfectly inflated. This is how we balance people in the water. When we do side mount, we weight them without a cylinder because the, the aluminum 80s are close to neutral. With back mount, we weight them with an identical tank that they're going to use, but with 500 PSI or 35 bar in it, and we get them perfectly neutral with the wing absolutely empty. So when they put on their full tank, which is identical to the one they just weighted in empty, they will be overweighted by the weight of the gas, which is usually five or six pounds, about three kilograms. They put that in the wing, and now you're neutral. As you breathe down the gas, you exit the gas from the wing, and you keep doing that. So at the end of the dive, you're down to 500 PSI or 35 bar or whatever, and your wing is empty. Exactly. So, okay. Do you have anything to add to that? No, that was, I mean, and if that was, if that was too fast, just rewind and listen to it one more time. <laughs> the gist of it is it's not a control device. It's not a buoyancy control device. We use the no. BC no. to compensate for stuff. The control comes from your lungs. Yeah. Everybody has a buoyancy control yeah. device. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. And it, it serves two purposes, right? Buoyancy and life support. We have the saying that says, Breathing is about buoyancy and the fact that it keeps you alive is a side effect. So if you breathe for buoyancy, you will have enough breaths to keep alive. Okay, so this goes back to why no bungees. So normally in a wing failure, the ones that I've had, and I've had three total, one on top and two on the pull dumps on the bottom, where on the bottom ones, I literally just pulled on the pull dump and the whole thing came off in my hand. Boom. And now I'm looking at the cord in my hand while there's a big hole in the bottom of my wing. This is not a huge problem. 
because you just get vertical and all the gas floats to the top of the wing. And generally there's enough space in there to let you continue to finish your dive. I mean, obviously you're going to exit, but with this hole in the bottom and it doesn't matter, it's like a bell underwater, right? The air won't come out of it. Not especially with uh, with like a, a normal style donut wing, you can even get into a, it almost turns into an auto dump because unless you really lift up your hip and, you know, tilt a little bit to the left-hand side where that pull dump cord is on the bottom of your wing, you can't get any gas out. So you could you could definitely exit your dive without a lot of hassle. Unless you have bungees. Unless you have bungees. Exactly. And that's the that's the rub, right? Because what do the bungees do? They squeeze the wing. What happens when they squeeze the wing and that pull dump comes off in your hand? They squeeze all the air out of the wing. And now your wing is empty because you have the bungees pressing against the air bubble. And no matter what you do and how much you put in. But wait, but wait, the air pressure, the water pressure presses against the wing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded on that one. (laughs) You're not playing devil's advocate. Okay. Because that's what I've heard. I I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, I've heard it so many times. You know, because the air, the water pressure pressures against the, the water on the air and the wing. Of course it is. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, what's the pressure of the air inside the wing? You know, I mean, it's kind of similar to ambient pressure. Which is why it's called ambient pressure. Well, here, now we're discussing it. So people, if you're ever in doubt, it will not squeeze due to water pressure because the gas inside exerts the exact same pressure from the inside out that the water is from the outside in that's the way it works if it wasn't you you wouldn't be able to use your wing because it'll just compress regardless if there was a hole in it or not let's just once and for all get that out of the way (laughs) okay man this I don't know what's in the air today, but we're going a little bit sideways on this and it's kind of fun. So, (laughs) I mean, the whole thing about the bungee thing is don't use the bungees because if you ever have a failure, and I've been to so many talks where people say, well, I've got 4,000 dives and I've never had a wing failure. But in this scenario, you only need one. And, you know, it's a little piece of plastic that often breaks. Well, so it happened to us in, 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 um, in the Florida Keys. Really? Someone had a wing failure? A legit well, one? James Mott, one of our tech instructors, he he called us up and asked if he could join, and he, he joined. And we had a blast, and he jumps in, and he pulls off. Actually, he pulls off the inflator from the hose. <laughs> so, you know, where the inflator is attached to the hose, it was attached with two zip ties. Yeah. And he pulled it off, completely <laughs> off. Right? And and we'll come, we'll come to that in the next bullet point why that's a big problem so yeah wings do fail eventually your wing will fail this is why it can't be considered unfallible life support equipment and if you put yourself in a position where you are aggravating the problem with a piece of equipment that doesn't do anything like the bungees then you're getting deeper into a hole because it will those bungees will squeeze all of the air out of your wing given the opportunity Mm. So exactly. Okay. That was a long road about why no bungees. Yeah. We could keep going. I know there's always people say, yeah, but it makes them more streamlined. Well, 
a ribald surface is not more streamlined in the water than a smooth surface of a wing that's on your side. What if you just got a smaller wing? <laughs> exactly. That's even the more streamlined. I mean, this is this was the thing I was talking with with Bob about at Hog, right? It's just I don't need a bigger wing. I like this little 20, 22 pound wing. So you know, it's it's streamlined because it's small. Mm. That's the whole point. Exactly. And it's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, this goes on to our next question, which is why no gigantic wings? So this is another DEMA thing. I was looking for, you know, now that we're separated from UTD equipment, you know, I'm trying to find other solutions for people who say, where should I go for side mount wings and harnesses? So I, you know, Dive Right was right next to us. And again, Nobody gives us any money on this podcast. No sponsors. We can say whatever we want, but we're nice generally. And so I was in the dive right booth and they have this side mount rig that's got a thousand buckles and rings and stuff and things on it. And it's got an integrated wing. And I was asking the guy, it's like, can we just get the wing or can we just get the harness? And he says, no, it comes as the package. It's not the other thing. I said, well, what's the lift? And he's like 55 pounds. 55 pounds. 55 maybe it was 50 it was like what okay so i did my rant on bungees why don't you do your rant on why no gigantic wings well uh, <laughs> let me say one thing the wing carries the weight of the gas next bullet point <laughs> when are you ever gonna even and especially in side mount right i mean the, the big wings like the 55 pound wings 50 pound wings they might make sense if you dive heavy steel cylinders in cold climates where you might have multiple battery canisters for both heavy lights and heavy, you know, un heated undergarments, maybe integrated weights or V weights to make the system heavier because you're wearing so much undergarment. Yeah, then you might need a big wing, but never in side mount because you don't take off the wing inside mount you the wing stays on you you take off all your, your cylinders yeah you don't need it doesn't need to, it, it doesn't need to float the weight of the gear at the surface exactly it, it, the wing inside mount has only three options or or uh, uh, jobs keeping you positive not neutral but positive at the surface carrying the weight of your gas and compensating for the um the the compressing of your equipment if you have a wetsuit now, it doesn't need to carry the equipment on the surface because you're not going to take it off in its entirety. Now, in the last podcast, we asked the question, why can I dive my little 20-pound side mount wing with six cylinders? That's right. We never answered it. And we got lots of answers. And we gave away a few online classes to the people, but it was about 50-50 people got it right and got it wrong. Yeah. You know, some people you know, made up the number that, well, the tank's only two and a half pounds negative and they got it, but worked it out. Only a few people realized what the proper answer was. And the proper answer is if you have six cylinders in side mount, you are probably on a tech dive. And if you're on a tech dive, four of those cylinders are going to have trimix in them, which are going to weigh about one pound positive. I'm sorry, one pound negative each because of the helium. So the most gas you would ever be really carrying in a tech dive like that, that's full weight is your deco gas exactly you know a couple of cylinders of oxygen maybe nitrox 50 but even you know below that your your deco gas is trimix so the most gas i'm ever going to carry on my 20 pound wing is two aluminum 80s of air or nitrox probably air because you've probably heard that rant too and maybe a 4002 bottle <laughs> so those are 5 10 12 pounds of gas that's all i really need 
So that was the answer to that question. It's, it's because we're on a tech dive and we don't, we're not carrying air, we're carrying lighter weight gas. But what you said also is interesting too. You may need a larger wing with giant steel hundreds still, or I'm sorry, giant steel cylinders, but still it's only to float it at the surface. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. If you're diving giant steel cylinders, you're probably on a tech dive. If you're probably on a tech dive, you probably have trimix. If you have trimix, it doesn't weigh very much. No, not really. I mean, you would do a lot of we do a lot of these dives like that are relatively shallow deep, a shallow depth where where it's like maybe a hundred feet or thirty meters, uh, and you would do a long dive. So you'd have the twin set and maybe a stage or a, even a stage and a deagle bottle in some cases, where you, where we dive on heavy gases. So. So I've been in situations where a simple 40 pound wing uh, on heavy, heavy doubles doesn't quite cut it. And it actually states on most wings that the max is this and this amount of cylinder size. Um, it never states the material of the cylinders, though, but they do a they do a that's probably a CE uh, thing that they only have to state the sizes of the cylinders. It should just state the weight of the gas. It should say no more than X pounds or kilograms of gas, because that's really all we care about the wing doing other than floating it at the surface. And if you are carrying a ton of weight because you've got big dry suit undergarments and things like that, then the limiting factor is, can you float this thing at the, can you float the gear at the surface with the giant doubles and a deco bottle hung on it? Yeah. And then, you know, just, just test it out. If you're out there and you're doing these kind of, I just test it out. I mean, it's not a big issue if you do have, you know, two heavy light canisters or battery canisters. They just slid on the harness, so it's with the usually with the weight belt buckle. So it's easy to just undo that buckle and slide them up and hand them over as if it were ditchable weights. That easily takes off two to three kilos or four to six pounds of uh, of weight just there. So no gigantic wings because it's not necessary. So, yeah. So it goes back to the idea that the wing carries the weight of the gas. That's its primary use during the dive. And, yeah. you know, we have another pretty hard and fast rule that no heavy, heavy steel tanks and wetsuits. Again, because you get so much weight loaded on between the gas you carry, the weight of everything else, and the compression of the wetsuit that you do start to run into this thing where... You know, if the wing ever fails underwater, you can't get back up. Exactly. You did a great video. Yeah, the video we did in in, the, in a lake in Germany is very illustrative yeah. uh, of that fact. You know, and you can get away with a single steel cylinder um, and a wetsuit, uh, but as soon as you move to doubles, you know, just the sheer weight of the manifold and the extra steel bands and the, the cylinders themselves, there's no way you can turn it into a balanced balanced rig yeah so but i guess we'll touch on that in a little bit uh when we talk about the double bladder we keep jumping ahead to our future questions because this is like this is just basically rant on top of rant right so you know, it's... <laughs> i feel like we're, we're like two of these like uh, you know dogs that are on a track that can run really fast what, <laughs> what do you call them those skinny skinny ones that the are greyhounds raring to go yeah greyhounds yeah exactly because there's so like... much so much of this stuff is just makes you go sideways when you talk about yeah. it. yeah let me have at it. Let me have at it. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, every single one of these questions is like a two-hour rant for me in a class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to convince people never to take a class from me. 
okay, so no giant wings because you don't need them. Go back to the four things the wing does. The main three, yeah. you know, when you're on giant wings with doubles, the main three are carry the weight of the gas, float you at the surface, float the gear at the surface. And we're going to assume there are no wetsuits in that scenario with giant doubles. Yeah. All right. Um, we, we already answered this one. Why no pull dumps? When we talk about pull dumps, we're talking about that inflator hose with the wire in it that goes to a, um, a, a gas dump on the shoulder. Yeah. And when you pull on the whole unit, it opens that up much like the pull dump on the bottom. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's so. the elbow that actually connects the low pressure inflator hose to the wing or the BC. Mostly BCs, jacket style BCDs have this uh, this device, and that allows you to dump the gas. Now that wire in there should prevent you from pulling on the actual rubber corrugated hose. Good. <laughs> However, it's a very thin wire, and if you ever open one up, it's always rusty and always gunky. So it, it might go. And if it goes, you're pulling on that one. You're either pulling the hose off the top of the elbow or where it's situated on your shoulder. Or what happened to James, uh, it pops off the bottom. Now, James was just using a normal uh, wing with a normal non-pull dump. So even there, it could pop off. So imagine, and he doesn't put any much strain on it. So imagine if you're pulling on that thing on purpose, the chances of that happening. Dive after dive after dive. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's waiting to happen. And that's the worst place you can destroy a wing on the top of your shoulder in, in the water. Because now you've lost the ability to add gas to the wing. And it's on the highest point when you're upright on the surface, it's dumping all the gas. And to make things even worse, it's in the beginning of your dive when your weight of the gas is pulling you down. So this is a serious issue. And and you probably have bungees. <laughs> and if it's bungee, <laughs> it's gonna even make a fun. You're gonna look like a rocket. Escapes. You're gonna look like a rocket going down. So basically, <laughs> yeah. this is a such a huge failure point. Um, and it's not when you buy the wing or the BC, right? It is no. two years later when there's salt water in there and it's not even the wire that stainless steel wire that rusts but it's like the little connectors in there the crimps yeah. all this the other stuff crimps. yeah yeah yes that was a quick one so don't use the pull dump no pull dumps yeah exactly eventually we're going to get you down to what you should have but we'll get to that at the end so this next one is a lot trickier because i have heard lots of arguments why this next thing is a good thing and at the onset, it actually makes a lot of sense. But there are some really good reasons why we don't want to use double bladders, double bladders, double bladdered wings, because we're always talking about wing failures. And of course, in a dry suit, it's not really a big deal because you can pump up the dry suit and that is your double bladder. Mm -hmm. But there are double bladder wings that have two bladders in them, two inflator hoses and a pull dump on each side. Yes. And we don't advocate them. Nope. So I think on this time, I mean, we've been kind of ranting and talking about the stuff that doesn't make any sense, right? Pull dumps and bungees and things like that. But now there is an argument why it would seem like a double bladder wing would be smart. It would seem so. But let's talk about why we don't think it is. So we're going to get serious now for a minute because this, this is an argument that we hear all the time. 
you talk about wing failures, I'm going to buy a double bladder wing. Exactly. And then I will never have a wing failure in my whole life. Well, well, <laughs> you might have more than you thought you would when you just had a single bladder. So why don't you rant on this one? Because I'm kind of ranting. I, I need, a, I need a, to take a rant recovery. Yeah, let me rant on this one. Because I, I fondly remember back to the days when uh, young little Ben, with all his hair, was diving around in a red double bladdered bungee wing the size of a bloody rib outboard engine propelled boat <laughs> minus the hull. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I've, I've tried them and uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, it just makes for a lot of other issues. So the thinking behind it, as you alluded to, is sound, right? Okay, the wing can fail. I'm diving a heavy rig. If the wing fails, I will sink to the bottom, and that's not a good thing. So how do I cover this? Well, I add another wing. I'll have a backup wing, all right? And then the philosophy is the thing that keeps you alive underwater should be double or redundant at least. Perfect. But in the case of the wing, the double bladder wing, there is other more elegant solutions that will accomplish the same goal. So the double bladder wing is usually one outer bag one huge bag, the outside, the corduroy or rough material outside bag. And on the inside, there's two bladders, as the name implies, double bladdered wing. And then they have two inflator hoses and an excess of, I don't know, four dump valves you know, scattered all over the place that dump from either one of the two bladders. Now, the, the downside of this is that both inflators have to be fed by a separate inflator hose. And then usually one is being fed by a left post and then the other one is being fed by the right post. Um, now, therein lies a whole host of issues with regards to dumping and you know stuck inflators and all that sort of stuff. So we won't even go into the details with that. But if you think about it, what we like we just discussed, what are the most common issues with these wings that you pull either a, a pull dump with a cord, a, a dump, normal dump valve off of the wing or it breaks, or that you destroy the corrugated hose in some way or manner or pull the hose off of either the elbow or the inflator button on this on the end of it. Those are the, the more common ones. A to puncture a wing is unlikely uh, to have a leaky wing is is more likely but that's just a small leak that'll probably won't go noticed until you leave the wing up inflated on the surface to be honest so so what are we afraid of that we're pulling a dump valve off okay then we lose the ability to maintain gas in the wing if it's one at the top we lose that ability great then we could resort to the other one so so far we're on a good you know, road to having a great solution. It still sounds perfect, right? If we pull that hose off or pull the dump valve off, we can just revert to the other inflator and find that from behind our backs or somehow fiddle it in front of us. And now we use that, perfect. And then we can exit the dive because, okay, let's, let's be clear. We're not gonna dive with faulty equipment, right? I mean, we have two first stages, if one breaks, we don't just continue to dive on the other one. So if we have 
two wings and one breaks in that rationale, we don't just continue to dive on the other one. So in any case, we're on our way up or out. Now, in my opinion, and I guess you share this opinion, Jeff, <laughs> likely <is> the fact <laughs> that if <laughs> usually those big wings, double bladder wings, are bungeed wings. Mine was in any way. And I don't think I've ever seen a double bladder wing that wasn't bungeed, but they might be out there. So if we then inflate the other wing, that gas is going to escape from the first wing that failed. So, so far, so good. Now, the other inflator, however, even though the wing, yes, it can fail, the other inflator is the less likely to be used on a day-to-day -day basis. So it sits in the water. It sits usually on the on the right-hand side of the diver uh, instead of the left-hand side where the primary wing inflator is. And you now have an inflator that's in the water and it's hardly ever being used. Now, any one of you out there that have been diving for a little bit knows that these buttoned inflators, they can, they're susceptible to like wear and eventually they get a little bit sticky and they start like small leaking when you push the button, it doesn't want to really seat the seat anymore and it just trickles in and, and they're, I mean, they, they need some TLC every so often, especially the one you don't use because <laughs> that never gets massaged, <laughs> so to speak. You know, the, 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 the O-rings just sit in that shaft and, you know, corrosion and salt water and debris and all that sort of stuff, it just builds up and they just, you know, eventually leak more and more and more. Um, yeah, but mine is not connected. So the inflator hose coming from the first stage. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Connected. That's a thing? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Because you're not don't... having it connected? Of course, because what happens and I've seen this like on a dive, luckily not on me, because it's tucked behind you on the right hand side, the other one, the secondary one. Yeah. Okay. This is this is getting more and more absurd, but keep going. I like this. Well, we're getting into the absurdness of this whole idea with the double batter wing. So you inflate the first wing that squeezes the whole wing around you, right? You've, you know that feeling when you're on the surface and you fully inflate your wing, it pushes on you. Now that wing inflator on the right hand side, that's the secondary one is in risk of being pushed on the button. So that wants to inflate the second wing can do it a little bit, not a lot, just enough because it's, this is wait, 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 wait. This is because it's stored behind your right shoulder. Yeah. So it doesn't get in the way of all the D rings and the regulators and the lights and everything. Right. Exactly. So it's like a spare tire. Yeah. You don't take it out until you need it. Yeah. And realize it's been there for 15 years and it's completely broken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. Okay. I didn't, I, I've never used one of these things, so, so I don't have it. That's, that's what, how they do it. Right. So if it's not hooked up, you don't have that issue. If it's hooked up, you might squeeze a little bit of gas in there. And I'm going to say, if you're going to use this on a dive or depend on using it on the dive, you have it hooked up at least to test it if it works. Right in the beginning of the dive, during your pre-dive check. I mean, you're going to check all the equipment you're going to be taking underwater or else what's the point of taking it if you're not sure if it works. Anyway, so it's unconnected. And that makes the problem even worse because now the, the water can really go in there and start sitting there. When you get out of the water, no one rinses inside that one. Come on, be honest, you don't. And, and then it just corrodes. And by the time you need it, your wing is broken 
And now you need to, before you can use it, fiddle around and connect the other low pressure inflator hose to it so that you actually can use it. And then you can, I mean, we're going down a rabbit hole where there is a solution to a problem that needs first the solving of four other problems in order for you to have a solution ready. Makes no sense. So I've got, you know, I don't know what, gazillion dives, right? As do you. And I, I would think in the course of my whole diving career, these 30 whatever plus years, that the most fragile piece of equipment that I take with me of everything is the wing, mm. right? The back plate, the harness, the light, the regulators, that stuff seems pretty bulletproof. But all of, I would say almost all of the problems that I've run into in dives have been around the wing. Now, as I said earlier, I've had a couple of real failures, you know, where I've pulled off dump valves. Um, the only time I broke the top valve, I was in a pool. So that wasn't a big deal, but I have broken two of the bottom ones mm. on real dives, but that doesn't account for the 30 dives where I've had something leak or something stick, or I find myself like, how'd that wing get gas in it? And I realized that that seat in, uh, that you talked about is trickling leaking in. or yeah. gas is coming out of one of the dump. It seems like there are lots of little problems that I've had with wings over the years and the giant ones are really manageable, but the little ones are really annoying. Now you take twice as much stuff that can be annoying when it leaks sticks, yeah. can't find it. The idea that you have this thing behind your shoulder, not hooked up. It's just like, okay, that doesn't make any sense either. Well, the argument goes both ways, right? So then the other school of thought is no, it's hooked up and it's in front of me ready to use okay great then not then the dump valve or the dump on your on the other side where you take the gas away how does that work so you know is it the one you're pulling does the gas come out at all or doesn't it which one are you pulling it's really hard to tell from the back if it's the dump valve on the left or the dump valve on the right because usually they're not the same uh nine out of ten times there is multiple pull dumps uh, on these wings and you never know where the gas is going in these things so i'm like okay if it's one wing like you say that's hooked up and it's ready to go and it's on the left side it's not tucked away and it's i hear you on all those arguments that's a stupid idea it should be in front of you it shouldn't be tucked away it should be ready to go and should be tested and blah 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 blah, blah. fine fair enough and you're underwater like you said like probably anyone that has more than 200 dives has a, a one point or another had this wing that auto inflates not violently but subtly you know very subtle all of a sudden you feel hey my buoyancy is off and you can dump some gas and then you hear this in the hose of this small gas now if that happens to the other wing it's really hard to figure out which of the two it is unless you put them to your ear and try to see if you can hear them leaking so here goes my point. Right. And which which of the four dump valves? And which of the dump valves of the 18 I have or something do I need to pull to get the gas out? So this is what I'm saying. You're, you might be thinking that you can have a solution to solve a problem, but you've created the possibility of multiple problems by introducing more equipment than you don't need. More fragile equipment than you don't need. And I think that's the rub. Yeah. Right. That that's you, the rub. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. That's a good point. If this thing is fragile, and I, I think that we can all agree that, you know, it's a piece of fabric with a ton of moving parts and a bunch of springs, and 
it is it is potentially fragile. The argument is, why would you want two fragile things that can impact each other? Now, the other argument is, well, why would you only want one fragile thing if you know it's fragile? Well, exactly. The thing is, what are we afraid of? Losing the wing in the beginning of the dive is the worst case scenario, right? The, 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 the thing that happened to James is the worst case scenario. Seriously. It's in the beginning of the dive. Except he was in a dry suit. Exactly. This is where I'm going to. So the solution is to do to use a dry suit because he's on the surface and he pulls this thing off. All the weight from the gas goes away. His first reaction is to close the dump valve of his dry suit, inflate his dry suit. And I'm seeing this happening, right? I'm, I'm swimming on my way back in front of me uh, on their way back to the front of the boat are my students. And I'm observing James and he swims back to the boat and he asks the, 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 dive, the dive master, the deckhand, hey, do you have a zip tie? You know, you know, of course, James doesn't want to get out of the water because, you know, he's a UTD instructor and he's getting up in his age. So he doesn't want to climb that ladder again. It makes <laughs> sense. For him. Fix it in the surface. So the guy asks, why? Give me a zip tie if you have one. Don't don't ask me why. So the guy hands him down a zip tie. He goes to put the zip tie on the wing and reattaches the inflator, breaks the zip tie, <sighs> asks for a second one, now a better one. So he fixes it, reattaches it, and it works. Afterwards, we put on another zip tie just to make sure there's two of them and not just one. And then, you know, continue to dive. So, but James fixed it very elegantly and very efficiently by just closing off the dumb valve of his dry suit, adding the gas he needed to stay afloat and to stay positive in his dry suit. Fix it and resume the dive. Let's change that scenario to you're on your way down, you're passing through 50 or 60 feet, you're in a seven millimeter wetsuit and that inflator pops off with doubles and a deco bottle. Changes everything. Well, that's it, right? Because that's the argument always. And funny thing, because I overheard some of the divers that were diving down there that were diving technical dives on rebreather, some of them, some on twins, and they were all in wetsuits. Now, the water over there is in the in the mid 80s, right? In Fahrenheit, it's like 28 degrees Celsius. I'm getting good at this stuff, right? Yeah, double plus 30. <laughs> the whole conversion. <laughs> so so it, there's there's no need from a temperature point of view to be diving in a dry suit, for sure. Under But underwater, I'm just as comfortable. I'm I'm going to I'm from a personal point of view, I'm more comfortable even though the water temperature is nice on those long dives in a dry suit because I I feel myself more comfortable in water. I hang in my dry suit as if it was an upside down hammock. So to do these dives and this is the argument, I don't need a dry suit because most of the people think the dry suit only has to do with the temperature of the water. Tire suits are only for cold water, right? That that's it. Oh, you're going to dive cold water? You need a dry suit. Yes. You dive warm water, technical, you need a dry suit. Why? Because of the wing. Yeah. There you <laughs> you're go. Gonna... And the comfort <laughs> exactly. and the peeing and all the other things. Yeah. So no, I, I think the, the argument for using double bladders because you're diving a wetsuit is archaic, is old-fashioned thinking, is backwards thinking, and it should be eradicated from the industry. That's a hard statement, and it's. I'm sorry for all the manufacturers that make double-battered wings, but <laughs> if that's the intended use, people, it, there is a better, more elegant solution. Um, 
than fuffing around with these double bladdered wings. Doing it in a dry suit makes more sense. And yes, we looked a bit bulky, but hey, I was cool until I zipped up my dry suit. And underwater, I, my temperature in my body was constant during the whole dive. Now, think about what you're doing, kind of dives you're doing. You're doing decompression dives. I've done really long dives in the Red Sea in thin wetsuits. And you get colder towards the end. You might not get too cold that it gets uncomfortable, but you do get colder. And that's the whole point. You do not want to get colder towards the end of the dive. You want to, at best, get warmer during the end of the dive. And the only way you can accomplish that is in a dry suit where you can turn on some heating or at least best case scenario, stay at the same temperature during the whole dive. Right. And that's because of perfusion in the decompression. Exactly. It's all about the decompression and your 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 thermal exposure. So nah, come on, get get with the program. I know diving is a young sport, but some things have been developed, you know, despite of everything. So and dry suits is one of these things. Dry suit does not have per se anything to do with cold water diving. Yeah, no, that's a good good point. So um, okay, let's move on because among other things, we don't have sponsors for this podcast and we don't want them, but we're, we're guaranteeing today that we'll never get them. <laughs> not, not from certain wing manufacturers, that's for sure. Not, not from equipment manufacturers. Um, okay. This is my favorite question of the whole list coming up. Why are they all black? Well, it's funny you mention it. Because nowadays they've 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 been coming out in all different colors, right? Finally, finally, but slowly. So you can get black with a little red trim. Yeah, you can get red with a little black trim. But for the first forty years, it's either black. They were all black. Yeah, or red. I mean, the double bladdered wing I was wearing that was a bright red one. But but yeah, that's it. I mean, why are they all black? I think it's the the cheapest roll of fabric. <laughs> yeah, it might be. So if so, I don't know the answer to this question, but it drives me crazy. So if anybody knows why they're all black, please let us know because. But in general, I, don't I mean, know. it's black. I guess it's the so, fabric. I think I don't know why. I mean, does dive gear need to be monochromatic, dark? No, I don't think so. You know, I think stealthy. I'd be fun. I mean, when 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 um. I think it was Mo at in the Red Sea got the first pair I ever saw of yellow fins, mm -hmm. yellow jet yeah. fins. I thought that's hot, man. I just I want a pair of yellow jet fins. And so when I had the dive school and the dive shop, yeah. I only sold two different types of fins that were, you know, fins for uh, with a heel strap. I sold the Scuba Pro jet fin and I sold the OMS Slipstream, which was basically the exact same mold of the jet fin, except that the materials used for the OMS version are lighter. They're a different compound. So they're perfect for wetsuit diving. The jet fin is perfect for any other kind of diving. But it was kind of boring because it had two black pairs of fins on the wall. That's that's it. And like people want coming in. You want some pair of fins? You have I have that one. What size do you need? Uh, do you have any others? And there are others, but no. this one work, you know? Um, but then they came out with right. the color ones, like multicolored ones and camouflage color ones, which was perfect. Pink ones and it was fantastic. And funny thing is the wing I'm using now, yeah, it's a black one, but um, it's, a, it's a Halcyon Evolve, uh, a 40 pound uh, wing, if you, if for the people that want to know. And usually for doubles, for doubles, for doubles. yeah, it's for, for, for twin 12 Not steel singles. cylinders. 
And now Halcyon actually came out with this new option that you can custom your wing before you order it with all different color sizes and colors. Oh, and nice. Things. Yeah, yeah. And spot nice. you want. They now made this. I don't know what you call that, but you know, in the in the 80s when you used to tie knots in your t-shirt and then tie dye. throw it in the washing machine. Tie-dye. What do you call it? Tie-dye? Tie-dye. T-I-E dye. Tie-dye. Yeah. Tie a knot yeah. dye it. Okay, you can get a tie-dyed wing from Halcyon. Yeah, exactly. I love it. That's I a good example. Because when That's I bought my idea. little 20-pound wing from Hog, you can get the 32-pound wing in a at least two different colors, red and black. Yeah, yeah. But the 20 only comes in black. <laughs> so, well, here you go. Go and tie-dye it. There I might. <laughs> Do it yourself. I might. So I don't think we should be boring anymore. I think we should get out there and have some fun. Be 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 alive. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next one. Single tank adapter or no single tank adapter. This also came up in my purchase of my new wing because some wings have those little guides that allow you to put a tank on them with straps. Yeah. No single tank adapter. Some wings you have to use a single tank adapter. So what do you think? STA or no STA? Well, I think that's it. I mean, some of the wings have this built-in I don't know how to explain it. Stiff pieces in sewn in, sewn in the webbing. They're like dowels. They're like little little dowels along the side. Yeah, almost like a dowel, and and that kind of aligns the cylinder so it doesn't go uh, on an angle to the wing when you attach the straps, and that works perfectly fine. If your wing doesn't have that, then you kind of need to use an, a single tank adapter to to be able to attach the wing to it. Yeah. So I know when I was teaching a lot. I was using single tanks a lot for teaching and doubles for all of my diving. And of course, one black plate, you would just change the wing. And because I had the bolts and everything all kind of worked out for the doubles, it almost made more sense just to take off, you know, take off the, you unscrew the doubles and then just screw on an STA and it would hold the wing and everything in place. And then I could just put a tank on that and keep the cam bands. Oh, that's why I did it. Because the cam bands went through the STA, yeah. not through the plate. And so if I switch from doubles to singles, I didn't have to re-thread those bands through the wing, through the plate, back through the plate, into the cam band. They actually stayed on the STA as a unit yeah. and just popped right on. Now, this thing I'm building for me is probably going to be singles only um, for this little back mount system I'm doing. So then it doesn't matter. But if you're switching between doubles and singles... That's a good reason to have an STA. Yeah, but that's on a very narrow case because it, it, the, the most of the wings you need for doubles are a bigger wing, wider wing to accommodate the wider cylinder. So it's, I wasn't using the same wing. No, it was about the back plate. lacing the cam bands back through everything yeah. when I wanted to switch over. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. If you have a wing that doesn't have these guide rails built in, sewn into them like dowels, uh, and you need to use an STA, I think it's a good idea to still route the the cylinder tank bands through the STA, through the wing, through the back plate, back through the wing, back through the STA, so that it, it all becomes one unit. Because if those um, uh, wing nuts become undone or loose, uh, you, you, you know, the whole cylinder can go lopsided on you. Uh, under the dive and that's not that's not fun if it's if yeah but isn't that the same i mean that's how we attach doubles i don't think that's ever happened to me oh oh yeah it can but the doubles are 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 two cylinders so they're more stable in a way they're not rolling per se 
Mm. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do come anyway. undone. On on one of the latest uh, CCR classes, we did the rebreather is connected, uh, or some rebreathers are connected with two wing nuts, and the top one came undone, and all of a sudden the rebreather started pivoting backwards on this on this poor diver. <laughs> so yeah, I know there were times when we had regular hex nuts and a wrench instead of wing nuts, just because it mm. was more solid. Yeah, to be honest, mine, I put uh, a tiny little bit of wrapping of, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Teflon tape they used in plumbing, give it two wraps over the uh, over the thread of your doubles, and that kind of functions as Loctite, and it, it it's, it's only two wraps, so it just sits there, and even if you unthread the wing and, and you know, need to take off your wing and your back plate for filling purposes or switching to another um twin set it kind of stays there and it adds a little bit of grip to the thread and it makes it less likely of it to come undone in traveling or due to expansion or uh, of cold and, and heat so uh, just a couple of wraps and it just adds adds a bit of friction um okay here's another good question donut shaped wing or horseshoe shaped wing yeah i love this question because I have a rant on this too, but do you want to do your, you want to do this? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, explain what the difference is for those who are unfamiliar. A donut shaped wing is the shape of a donut. So if you imagine the wing laying flat on the floor, the air pocket, the, 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 the bladder inside goes around and around. And it's one circular donut shaped tube, even though it's not equally wide all the way around. It is uh, it is a one chamber that goes all the way around the horseshoe. So the gas can pass from left to right on the top and on the bottom of the wing. And on the bottom, exactly. That's the point. And the horseshoe one is 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 like a U shaped upside down. So the the gas can only pass from left to right over the top uh, of the wing um, when it's upright. So the horseshoe one was definitely the first one that came into existence. Uh, and later the, the donuts were developed. And the big downside of the horseshoe is to enable to dump gas, you need to, from the back of the wing, from the from the from the uh, the kidney dump, so to speak, the one that's at your left hip, you need to first go into a slightly upright position and then move to your right and then move to your uh, move back into trim and then pivot to the right again to get the gas out. So it's a it's a bit of a debacle. So what people would do is just get out of trim and dump from the inflator hose uh, instead of the, um, the the pool dump on the rear. Now, donut wings enable you to stay in trim and just slightly tilt your butt to the right and lift up your left hip and dump gas that way. Um, so they offer a lot more versatility to dumping gas, especially in overhead scenarios where, where, uh, where you would like to uh, stay in trim due to the nature of the topography. A horseshoe wing does allow you to carry multiple stages with heavy gas and add a little bit of gas to the left-hand side, uh, carrying that uh, easier. So it doesn't flop back into the right-hand side, but depending on the design of the wing, and that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, that's the key. But there's there's different designs uh, in there. Uh, so not every donut wing is created equal. Um, if you examine some of them, they are either narrower or wider at the bottom than they are 
and other brands and have a look at those because there's they're definitely different ones um yeah my opinion on this thing is and, and this is how i've always done my life and will continue to doubles horseshoe singles donut because it's rare that i've got a deco bottle with singles and it's just there's no managing the gas back and forth left and right you just don't have to do it doubles i like the idea that i can control where the gas goes in the exact same way i control where the gas goes in my dry suit so if i have no stages or deco bottles then i can just you know tip up a little bit get the gas evened out in the wing get the flat again and then it's nice and balanced if i have a deco bottle on a stage i can just tip up roll left get a little more gas on the left side go back into trim and that just helps keep the balance right so i i think you know in my life i like the idea of having that control and i think you know we lost a little bit of being able to teach people how to really properly control their the gas management in their suit and wing when we went away from horseshoe wings yeah i kind of agree there uh, although i mean i've now gotten used to using donut wings for so many years that i can do the same trick yeah uh, with uh, carrying a little bit of gas except you have to be more aware that you know the slightest movement to the other side looking towards the the right and and you know di- dipping your left side down you can hear whoosh, the gas move back to the other side so you just got to be aware of it um in that case but i think it's good i think it you know especially at the beginning if somebody was coming to doubles for the first time i definitely start them on a horseshoe wing and definitely force them to learn how to manage that gas before they went to a doubles donut wing and it became you know either easier or sloppier i think it's more important to be precise with it especially when you're learning it for the first time. Well, exactly. Which may be backwards. It may say, well, it may, it may be better to say, well, just do it on the donut wing first on doubles because it's easier, but it doesn't teach you the precision of managing um, when you're carrying gas on the left. Yeah, I think it, it all boils down to, to be honest, in, in the way we teach divers, I think the issue is less of a problem uh, because we pay so much attention to correct weighting. Uh, and this you know all boils down to at the end of the dive on your way up you want to be dumping some gas and you're going to be most likely doing that from your pull dump on your hip when you're underwater if you're correctly weighted the weight of the gas is almost gone towards the end of the dive so the wing is almost empty towards the end of the dive so it becomes easier to manage that tiny little bit of volume of gas you might have in there now if you don't pay enough another attention to correct weighting you might carry a ton of weight and your wing might be completely full also or at least full filled up to a good portion that there is gas on both the left and right chamber so to speak of the horseshoe wing and then you need to be more aware of making that little you know go up go right go down go left uh, to dump your gas uh, correctly otherwise you'll be on your way up you know, face down, ass up, trying to dump gas and the gas is not going anywhere because it's in the right chamber and you're trying to pull gas from the left chamber. So it all ties in to what we call, you know, equipment awareness. And and you're totally right there. It's it's a it's a very good learning experience for more students. However, nowadays you're you'd be hard pressed to find a horseshoe yeah. wing. Uh, yeah. Most of them but, are now all donut wings. I, and I think the point of this podcast today 
we probably should have talked about this an hour ago is <laughs> that, you know, these are our thoughts on these things and we're not telling you what to do or how to do it. You know, the point of this podcast today is really to, to get you to think about some of these issues that may not be obvious. Exactly. And if you are going to buy equipment or switch equipment or go from singles to doubles or, um, you know, somebody tells you, well, you know, you guys talk about wing failures, just get a double platter. All we want you to do is take this and think about it. And if it, if something makes sense to you, do it. If it doesn't make sense to you, don't do it. I mean, the DIR system has a very structured um, equipment um, system to it, and it is a system. It all works together. We're, we're also not the scuba police. So, you know, do what you want within reason, but use, you know, these comments today, you know, for insights into what you think about why something might be good or or not good for you as a diver. Well, exactly. And be, if you're in doubt and you're looking at buying something, reach out to either us or one of our instructors or your instructor, and they will be more than happy to tell you if it's a good buy or not, or if it's if you're looking at some used equipment, have a talk with them before you make the purchase because it's so easy to become lulled into some kind of feeling of yeah this is the best thing ever of course i should have this this is something your instructor didn't even tell you about well maybe he didn't tell you about it because you never asked and there's so many things even in this podcast where i've been talking for an hour and we still haven't covered many of the reasons of the wings like why don't we have this little plastic knobby thing or even a golf ball on the pull dump uh, on the kidney why is the pull dump on the left you know why we can go into so much detail that we'll cover in like classes and all that sort of stuff but so contact your instructor or contact us if you are in doubt and you're starting to buy equipment to take a UTD class or whatever, just contact us or contact your instructor. They will help you out for sure. Okay. So we have two more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. So inflator lengths, I know this bugs you. This is like bungees for me. So yeah, this is probably one of the only times I'm going to say shorter is better. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about school manly thing again. Well, I guess, I guess so. No, the inflator hose do, does not need to be long enabled to dump gas easier. And this is such a big, huge misconception and misunderstanding. Actually, not so long ago, a comment on one of our YouTube videos came along on this very subject. And I promised the, the dude yeah, I remember that. To, to actually make a video on it because it, it, it's a siphon. The, if you think about it, if you look underneath your sink, when the water goes out of the sink and it drains into the pipes there's what you call a siphon it goes down it makes a, a, a sharp bend and it goes back up on itself and then goes back down on itself now in water in plumbing this this is done because it always keeps a bit of water in there and it stops all the nasty odor from the sewage system to come back out and smell up your kitchen so what happens if your inflator hose is too long and you pick it up and you want to dump it the whole of the inflator hose at your at, at your hand has to be the highest point and it has to be higher than the than the elbow on your shoulder that's connected to your wing now if you imagine a diver 
in let's say 45 degrees trim on the surface trying to dump or underwater trying to dump using the inflator valve on his hand on the left hand he puts this up and the hole of the inflator by his finger is higher than the one the hole in the elbow on his shoulder behind the shoulder but the hose goes down and up air does not travel down and up underwater it only travels up so what you're creating is an upside down siphon the water the, the gas is not going to come out of that wing until you extend that hose completely and fully now imagine if that hose was shorter you can do the exact same movement with your hand lifting up that hose and all of a sudden the hose is almost straight going from the elbow to the hole by your finger on the inflator and this is why we don't need these crazy long inflator hoses and i realize it's very hard to visualize this on a podcast but stay tuned i, I will soon do a little video on this on our youtube channel because it it's something that really bugs a lot of divers and you see them underwater struggling to dump gas from that inflator hose because it just doesn't work and then they start to swim upside down almost and they're you know in their proprioception brain they think the inflator is the highest because they're holding it above their heads which is true but they're upside down so now they're basically holding it below their heads with an extended arm if that makes any sense so the inflator length is definitely an issue the longer the inflator the harder it is to dump the gas it's all about the body position rather than the length of the hose and the body position is the one you need to work on so the button is just pushed only when your body is in the correct position because think about it the one on your bottom has no hose and when you lift up your 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 left hip and make sure that that pull dump is the highest position of the air bladder on your back and then you pull on that string the air goes out without a hose and it's the same thing that happens um except that we cannot reach all the way back behind our shoulders on the wing otherwise it could just be connected straight there it needs to have a little bit of playroom so just long enough to reach the left uh, uh shoulder d-ring and that's it nothing more nothing less or we so. go back to question three because when you have a pull dump that dumps from the actual shoulder not the end of the hose right so you could have a pull dump yeah <laughs> and and if you think that that's a good idea then now rewind the podcast and start it all over again well exactly <laughs> but this is the and thing we'll, right i mean we'll solve oof, that. scuba diving is just so filled with and i've said this before technical solutions for bad technique yeah and this is where it comes from yeah. people yeah. they can't figure out how to position themselves to dump the gas and the manufacturers go okay wait a minute i'm just gonna add a string inside and you can pull on that hose so you can dump from wherever and just yeah all right we have one more quickie here yeah and i i do want to cover this one because i think it's important it is important a semi-wing jacket bc is not a wing so if your instructor tells you go you need to invest in a wing what they mean in our organization at least is a backplate made either of aluminium stainless steel or now for all you fancy divers carbon including me including jeff carbon fiber yeah. <laughs> it's a simple plate with a single piece webbing no buckles no quick adjusts no metal quick releases no doohickeys a single piece of webbing 
and a wing, either donut or horseshoe. It's basically these three items that you put together to create a wing. So when they call and say, you need to invest in a wing, that's what they mean. These fancy BCD jacket style, comfy harness, thingamajigs that are called a wing in the in the popular jargon, is it's not the same thing. They might be perfectly well-functioning jacket-style BCDs for those people who, who love diving those. No bad word about them. It's just not what we mean, and it's not the same. They're also called back-inflate BCs. Yeah. We've also heard them use those terms. So basically, if you want a BC, great, get a BC. If you want a proper wing and a backplate and a harness, get a proper wing and a backplate and a harness. So just to be sure, just to be clear that these things are different and they have different roles and they operate differently and they operate with different safety features and things like that. Yeah. So I, yeah, bring, bring me back to the point earlier. If, if, if you're going to go out to invest in some equipment because you just finished your class or you're going to start your class more likely and they tell you this is a wing, it should just have a backplate, a single piece harness, no clips, no plastic dims, doohickeys, and a, you know, a, a single bladder on the back. That's all you need. And there you have it. The most obscure questions in scuba diving, the BC wing issue. Man, I feel we could go for an hour more on this. Oh, hours and hours <laughs> on this. So um, we're going to wrap up quickly so we don't tell, you know drive you crazy for another 20 minutes. But thanks for listening. Leave us a rating and review. There's more coming. We're recording more of these now. We've got a really cool one coming up on incident reporting. We've got... Um, all sorts of really interesting stuff coming up. We have other podcasts we just recorded. Ben did a really cool one, if you haven't heard it yet, from his tech class, beginning, middle, and end of the tech class. That was cool. That was fun. And uh, if you have questions, let us know. If you have uh, answers for us, please let us know. And we'll see you all next one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just yeah, thank you. Inside. Hell is going outside. Down the street.